0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, showers and thunderstorms high near 71. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms low around 54. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 68. On September 17th, approximately 2.32, New York State Police at Binghamton responded to an incident involving a motorcycle and a rotting lawnmower at 1415 Hollyton Road in the town of Binghamton. A preliminary investigation indicated that Danny Shepard of Binghamton was operating a riding lawnmower in the area of the roadway and front yard of his residence. And Justin Tarbox of Binghamton was operating a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and traveling south on Hollington Road. The two units collided. Shepard was pronounced deceased on scene. Tarbox was transported by a broom ambulance to Wilson Hospital to be treated for injuries he sustained. The incident remains under investigation. Police converged on a Binghamton house where a man was shot earlier this year after a woman reported hearing a gunshot. City police officers sealed off the north side neighborhood around 5 Sturgis Street around 1235 p.m. Friday. Broome County Sheriff's deputies assisted Binghamton police in setting up a perimeter around the two-story house where the gunfire was said to have been heard the police chief, conferred with officers and de- uh, detectives on Sturgis Street. He told WNBF News that there was no indication that anyone was injured. He said police were trying to determine what had happened. Several people were detained by police. Police were called to the same location Wednesday night for an incident that involved at least one of the people who was apparently at the scene when the gunshot was heard. One person was reported injured as the result of a chemical leak at a Verizon facility in downtown Binghamton. City firefighters, including the hazardous materials team, were sent to the Verizon building in Henry Street on 1030 a.m. Thursday after a fire alarm was received. A fire department duty chief said the alarm had been activated by a leak of Freon refrigerant from an air conditioning system. A problem developed with the valve as work was being performed in the system. One man who had been working in the six-story building was treated at the scene for eye irritation. The R-22 refrigerant leaked on the third floor. The gas then traveled to the floor below. Firefighters used fans to ventilate both floors. They used a meter to determine when the building had been cleared of the hazardous gas. On September 15th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 182 Chapin Street, located in the city of Binghamton. During the execution of the warrant, Abdul Shabazz threw a loaded rifle through a window. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 40 caliber Caltech brand rifle, two high capacity magazines, 40 caliber and 9 millimeter ammunition, approximately 6 grams of cocaine, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, he was arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, controlled substance third degree, controlled substance fourth degree, possession of a controlled substance seventh degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and tampering with physical evidence. An Endicott man is facing five felony charges after meth and fentanyl were found during an intake process at the Broome County Correctional Facility. On September 8th, Dustin Smith of Endicott was arrested and brought to central arraignment at the Broome County Correctional Facility on criminal possession of a controlled substance charges. During correctional facility intake procedures, a routine search uncovered three clear bags hidden on his person. Bag one contained a clear crystal-like method that fielded tested positive for meth. The second and third bags contained a brown powdered substance that field tested positive for fentanyl. Following an investigation, Dustin Smith was charged with two counts of possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, Class C felonies, and three counts of promoting prison contraband in the first degree, Class D felonies. Smith was arraigned in the town of Dickens in court on September 14th and remains at the Broome County Correctional Facility. And a Broome County jury deliberated at approximately one hour before finding Ray Sean Thompson of Binghamton guilty of two counts of felony criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and two counts of criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree. On August 3rd of 2022, the Broom County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at Thompson's apartment, 17 William Street, in the city of Binghamton. Police recovered a scale and multiple plastic bags from the apartment and over one-half ounce of powder containing fentanyl in, in Thompson's pants pockets. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at wnbf.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. News Radio
2: 1290,
3: WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now, Monday, September 18th, 2023. 607 772 1290. That is the number to call if you want to talk live on the radio. You can discuss local issues or other matters that may be important to you. This is WNBM. Hope you had a great weekend. I think Saturday was memorable for thousands of people around here. There were multiple events going on simultaneously. That's good. That's good. For those who are looking for stuff to do around here, there was stuff to do. Enjoyed my Saturday. Stopped by the Apple Fest in Endicott on the Avenue, and that was enjoyable. Any place that's grilling Speedies at midday on Saturday on the Avenue, that's, that's good. That's really. Listen, the sound of Speedies on the grill. Mm hmm. Sweet September Speedies the sizzle. Anyway, that's uh, audio courtesy of Twitter. It was a tweet that I uh, posted after the visit to the Apple Fest, and so I spent some time there, talked to some familiar people from the village of Endicott, also with uh, WNBF listeners. Thank you for those who took time to say hello. Always nice to meet some of the listeners face-to-face at these events around the Twin Tiers. Then a short time later, instead of slinking back and saying, oh, well, Saturday is a day of rest. No, Saturday was a day of fun. So I went to downtown Binghamton for Blues on the Bridge. First time I ever attended Blues on the Bridge, I will return. Not really sure why i had not been to blues on the bridge prior to this saturday but that is how it worked out and uh, very glad very glad i went saw a lot of people out there too officials listeners miscellaneous people so Good times, good times. And it was, uh, as they say, fortunate from a weather standpoint, those events (laughs) were held on Saturday. Wouldn't have been quite as much fun if those events in Endicott and Binghamton were on Sunday, this particular weekend. Oh, speaking of weather, things are destined to improve. Yes, we've had some rain, personally. I was taken by surprise with the rain we experienced on Sunday because I don't believe that was in the original forecast. Looking back, oh, to Wednesday or Thursday, I thought the entire weekend was going to be sunny, but eh, such is life. Now things are improving. Here's the forecast from the National Weather Service a chance of showers and thunderstorms still possible today, maybe. Late in the afternoon, also a little patchy fog right now in parts of the Twin Tiers. Partly sunny day with a high of 71. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a chance of showers and thunderstorms, low 54. Tomorrow, a few showers still possible early in the morning. Otherwise, partly sunny, high 68. And then Wednesday, sunny, high 72. And then we have a string Of sunny days in the forecast. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 58 at News Radio, WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. What else is going on, you say? Well, uh, we had the... uh, Story of uh, more trouble on Sturgis Street on Binghamton's north side on Friday afternoon. Appears to be uh, a house that I would say is problematic and based on a number of things I've heard about this particular spot on Sturgis Street. I'm somewhat surprised we haven't heard more about it from city officials. It seems it could be a candidate for the city's lockdown law. But maybe it's not as bad as they say. At any rate, they had to shut down that part of Sturgis Street off Shenango Street on Friday afternoon because someone reported hearing at least one gunshot. The uh, Binghamton police were assisted by Broome County Sheriff's deputies on the scene. They set up a perimeter around the two-story house where the gunfire was said to have been heard. Uh, Binghamton Police Chief Joseph Sikoski was there, and he conferred with police officers and detectives. And then he told WNBF News there was no indication anyone was injured. He said police were trying to determine exactly what happened. And I believe that they managed to detain about, I would say they detained at least five people at the scene. And they're trying to get their stories together trying to come up with uh, a narrative that made sense. But as far as I know, nobody was arrested. Uh, Neighbors told me that there have been ongoing problems involving guns and drugs at that house for months. In fact, last February, a 22-year-old man was shot in the chest at 5 Sturgis Street. And then uh, in April, 28-year-old Christopher Frederick of Binghamton was arrested. They tracked him down in the town of Union, and he was charged with attempted murder. And sadly, this is a neighborhood that's had problems for decades. The house is located across the street from the location where 12-year-old Sherry Lindsay was killed almost four decades ago. And you may remember they opened a memorial garden on that site last November. So it's a neighborhood that has its challenges. And it's clear the police are going to have to continue to keep an eye on the situation over there on Sturgis Street on Binghamton's north side. 918. This is Bob Joseph, live and local on News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com.
0: From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at galtauto.com.
1: It's wonderful. First
3: 922 on WNBF. Following live segment is sponsored by Norfolk Southern. Joined now by John Fleps, the Vice President for Safety at Norfolk Southern Corporation. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. And thank you for being with us. This is the start of National Rail Safety Week. It's an important week and people should this week. And every week, uh, keep rail safety in mind. Sadly, uh, just a week ago today, a man from Endwell was struck by um, a passing train on uh, railroad tracks, and he died. And unfortunately, uh, injuries and fatalities do still occur too frequently involving pedestrians and vehicles on rail lines across the United States. Every three hours in the United States, a person or vehicle is hit by a train and stunningly more than 60% of the vehicle and train collisions actually happen at active crossings that have working gates or signals. So let's talk about real safety and why this is so important in 2023.
4: Yes, sir. So you think about approaching the railroad tracks and that is an area to have respect. And guard against complacency, two things that we don't think about necessarily every day, but the reality of of all of our situation is when we get around the tracks, if there's a train coming, it's not going to be able to stop before it gets to us. We have to take every opportunity to to live smart and make good decisions and not put ourselves in harm's way. That includes any driver around any public grade crossing. Norfolk Southern is really committed to setting the gold standard for safety in the rail industry, and that includes all of the public citizens that are in and around our tracks, the communities that we operate through. This week, Rail Safety Week, is all about getting the message out and talking about how people can be safe around railroad tracks.
3: So what are some tips people should keep in mind when they're around tracks?
4: So a couple things. when you're If you're driving up to a grade crossing, and when I say grade crossing, that's just a road that goes over any tracks. You got to think about what is ahead of you. If there's traffic ahead of you that could potentially put you in a tight spot where the only place that you have to hit the brakes is on top of those tracks, the best offense is a good defense. So, stopping short and knowing you have a way out is the first and foremost defense that you can put up. Uh, Another tip if you find a situation where you or anybody else is stuck or or is incapacitated near the railroad tracks, there's an emergency and you want to Get that message to first responders. Just call 911. If you head over to the to the crossbucks or the gate mechanism that's there at every crossing across all of North America, there's a little blue sign. It's called an emergency notification sign, and that sign has a unique identifier on it, a number that is unique to that crossing. So when you call 911 and they say where are you, you can refer to that number. They can get in touch with Norfolk Southern or any other railroad and take proactive action to get train stopped seconds matter when there's an emergency around the railroad tracks. So if you know where to go to get that message to the right people, you can save somebody's life.
3: How do blind spots factor into incidents around rail crossings and uh, just generally around tracks? Blind spots, I've heard, can be a, a p- potential problem.
4: Absolutely. You know, everybody thinks they're going to know that a train is coming. They're big. They're loud. They have really loud horns. But the reality is a train can sneak up on you. And it's especially prevalent at a crossing that does not have those lights and gates. At Norfolk Southern alone, there's over 10,000 what we call passive crossings. When you approach one of those crossings, you have to understand the train always has the right of way, and you do the same thing that you teach your kids when they're going to cross the street: stop, look, and listen. You pull up to the crossing, hit those brakes, look left, look right, ensure you know the way is clear before you proceed across. Another blind spot. Not related to driving, but is unfortunately the cause of many of the accidents and deaths that occur on railroad tracks every year are people who are using the tracks as their way to get to where they're going. It can be an easy trap to fall into. The tracks are often, they they look like a tempting bike path, flat, straight, and and clear. But again, if you find yourself walking in a road track, you are putting yourself and the people that you're with at extreme risk. The the tip that I want to pass along is today's modern headphones, the technology has come such a long way. They do a great job at drowning out all the noise around you, even the noise of a freight train that's blasting its horn coming up behind you. Tragically, many of the accidents that occur on railroad tracks are to citizens that are walking down the middle of the tracks with their headphones in and cannot hear what's coming up behind them. So talk to your kids about it. Talk to your friends about it. A little bit of education can go a long way. Don't ever use the, the railroad property or railroad tracks as your way to get to where you need to go. It's private property, and it, it, just find a better way.
3: What should people do if they encounter a crossing where there's no gate? There are quite a few of those around here in rural sections of Broome and Tioga counties.
4: No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, Binghamton in the area its a railroad town, and, and Norfolk Southern is very proud of our heritage in the area. When you look around at a private crossing or a passive crossing, again, one of those crossings that just got the, the, the X that says railroad crossing on it, approach that crossing, prepare to stop, know that you have a way across. If it's nighttime, sometimes the edge of that crossing can be a little bit deceiving, so really slow down. Flip your brights on if you need to. Really be careful to know where the edge of the crossing is so you don't end up getting your car stuck on the tracks. Again, if you do get stuck, just get out of the way. Don't try to save your car. Go find that little blue sign, call 911, and work to get the train stopped before it gets there, and we can get somebody to clear your car from the tracks safely.
3: Where can people get more information about rail safety?
4: A couple places. If you check out Operation Lifesaver's website, which is www.oli.org, Operation Lifesaver is a nonprofit that is fully and completely committed to creating awareness about safety around railroad tracks. It's a national. Uh, organization, and there are tons of tips and facts and statistics on there that you can reference and you can share with your your friends, or maybe you're, if you're a teacher, you can share it with your students. Also, you can check out www.nscorp.com. That's Norfolk Southern's website. We have a ton of dedicated content on there about safety of our operations, the safety of the public, and what we're doing to ensure that we do everything we can to ensure the safety of the citizens and the communities that we operate through.
3: John Flapps, Vice President of Safety for Norfolk Southern. Thanks for joining us today to talk about rail safety. Thanks for having me on, Bob. And the preceding segment was sponsored by Norfolk Southern. It's 929. I'm Bob Joseph, live on WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. cool cool summer It's 9:32 Bob Joseph taking calls now it's
5: 607-772-1290
3: Run from the west side of Binghamton you're on the air
6: Yes hi Bob good morning uh I guess I'm the first uh caller you had the Norfolk Southern gentleman on but I thought I'd call this morning, the first day of the week, uh, from the oddities department. And I was thinking we've got in, I guess, about three weeks, a little more, am I correct, the Columbus Day Parade with the band competition? Would that be correct?
3: I'm not familiar. They haven't contacted me. Oh,
6: um, I thought it was, you know, a yearly thing. Um, I expect we'll, we'll have that. Well, at any rate, uh, I found this interesting story in the paper today. You've heard, uh, of the book, uh, of, uh, 20 or so years ago. The book was entitled, and the band played on. And then there was a song that goes, oh, hundreds, a hundred years back, uh, Casey would dance with the strawberry. Blonde and the band played on. Well, here's an interesting story that was in the paper. Uh, band director arrested after performance continues. And this is from uh, our local paper. It says, I uh, quote, an Alabama high school band director was shot with a stun gun and arrested after Birmingham police said he wouldn't tell his band to stop playing. Uh, It was at a football game, a Thursday night football game, and he was charged with disorderly conduct. Apparently, they wanted the band to stop playing and the people to leave, and he wouldn't stop. So they used a stun gun on this guy to get his band to stop playing. Um, A little bit of um, um, (laughs) overreach there by the authorities, would you think?
3: I don't know. I. All I know is what you told me. Why didn't he stop playing?
6: Well, I don't know. It says uh, police say the Jackson Olin band stopped performing, but that the director disregarded officers and told his students to keep playing. And uh, police officers accompanied by security guards went to arrest him, and he got into a scuffle with them. Uh, it sounds like
3: sounds like multiple people made bad decisions, the police and the band director why why would he unless he was a troublemaker? why would he tell the band to keep playing after they stopped performing and after it was clear that the authorities wanted i don't know wait who wanted them to stop people in the area?
6: Well, no. I guess it uh, it is saying that uh, uh, it, 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 the show was over or the football game was over, and uh, the um, they were trying to clear the stadium. Yeah, it says. After the game,
3: yeah, it said they asked both bands to stop playing so people wouldn't linger. Well, I think yeah. that's I think that's probably standard operating procedure at most places. Say if they had a football game in Binghamton or UE. And the band wouldn't stop playing. And then the school administrators say, hey, band people, could you stop playing so we could uh, encourage people to get back to their homes and get the heck out of here? we got to go.
6: Well, I, I would think rather than using a stun gun, maybe they should bring in their negotiating team. I mean, they yeah, bring I'm in not, negotiating
3: I, team. I don't think... I don't think using the stun gun was appropriate but then again based in it, all I can do is base it looks like to me you're reading from this AP story so it looks yeah. to me that uh he he should have had the uh, band stop playing and then the police should not have used the stun gun so maybe maybe um cooler heads will prevail and maybe both the band director and the police officer who were involved in the scuffle will apologize to the other and, and go out and have a cup of coffee. It's, you know, sometimes things happen, and I've seen this. I've seen where things happen where good people do... um Probably t- take incorrect action under the circumstances, and I, I think we're all capable of that. And it's in the heat of the moment. You're having fun, and look, I I played in a high school band. It was fun. If if the cops came, or say, if the school administrator, if the principal at UE had said, "All right," to the director and the the band, enough. Let's wrap it up so we can get some of these people out of here. Because if you keep playing, they're probably going to stay till midnight. You know, a hey, being a high school kid playing my sousaphone, I would say, "Hey, we're going to keep playing until four a.m. and you can't stop us." But that's not that's not the mature way to look at it. The mature way to look we're at it. mature way to look at it would be. Yeah, I see your point. Can we just play one more quick song? you know, our fight song or whatever, and then uh, we'll wrap it up and we'll look forward to the next game.
6: Well, Bob, I'm, I'm told, now I you can verify this, that uh, when you were in the band playing the sousaphone, that when you started playing, people recommended using a stun gun to get the band to
3: stop. Is I, that true? I have no comment. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. It sounded a lot better when I switched from trumpet to tuba and sousaphone. I, my, unfortunately, my embouchure... I was just having this conversation with someone the other night about about some people who are just not... Or not the other night. It was actually a Saturday afternoon at uh, Blues on the Bridge because one of the bands has, has um, a very talented person playing the trumpet... And we both marveled at his uh, his talent on the trumpet. And we both uh, had apparently similar experiences in high school where we could play, I'm using air quotes, we could play the trumpet, but it didn't sound like that. It sometimes sounded okay, but it was nothing approaching that. And then ultimately because of uh, better better trumpet players and a need for people to play the tuba we got shifted so you know but that's okay but again getting back to my point it's still if if in this situation it's this one of those situations where it sounds sounds as though there were a couple of stubborn people and by the way the reason i know this is because i can be that way too so i'm I'm familiar with the mindset and I'm, when, when it does happen, it's not something that was pre-planned, but something just develops and, you know, it's, it, it, in the end, the, the two parties usually don't look particularly good. So my, my thought is, hopefully the, the guy who got a little shock, by the way, I don't want to experience a little shock because, I don't think my heart can take it, but uh, fortunately I think he's okay. So hopefully he learned something and also hopefully the police officer will be advised by the chief that that's not an appropriate use of that particular device. It's a tool. It's a tool in their arsenal and in this particular case it it was uncalled for, but I don't think I don't think either of them probably deserve maybe maybe they need a note in their permanent file i don't you know based on based on the information currently available i don't don't see where they need to be fi- formally rep- reprimanded i mean maybe they do it says the police department's internal affairs division is investigating and um all oh, of the superintendent said i urge everyone not to jump to conclusions which is true Oh, I, I oh, it says okay. So the band director was taken to a hospital to be checked out, and then they hauled yes. hauled him over to the jail to be uh, booked, and then he was released after posting bail.
6: So, that's... hey Bob, I, I I have a thought here. It's coming to mind. I don't know if this might be helpful, or our conversation might lead to something. Uh, the police have stun guns, and in this case, a stun gun was used. Uh, As you know, and you alluded to, a stun gun could, you know, stop your heart. Now, how about uh, arming our police officers with tranquilizing darts?
3: And that, too, for some people, could be lethal. Problem is, the problem is, even with the so-called less-than-lethal tools that police now have, even if they use a beanbag, well, maybe a beanbag Gun, a, a beanbag shot misplaced. If you accidentally hit the wrong spot of the heart at the exact wrong time, that could cause a cardiac event and might also lead to death. So, for police using any kind of tool, even standard force, while taking someone into custody, there's always a risk that something w- could happen. But it just seems to me, based on the limited information of this story, that um, the people involved probably were, maybe they were having a bad day.
6: And, and uh, you know, uh, you might have uh, another tool, tool in the arsenal, uh, at least locally, is if someone won't stop playing, we could have you start playing the sousaphone. And no, I will
3: happen. not. Mm-hmm. I will. Trust me, this is my solemn pledge to all of our viewers. I will not play the sousaphone or the trumpet, or any other musical instrument. The only musical instrument I might possibly pick up in the future and test out on the air would be a kazoo. But even that, I don't think, is the right thing to do. Well, We're going to hold you to that. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate your call. It's 943 at WNBF. We're on your side. No, I won't pick up a sousaphone, unless, unless you pay me. $100,000 in small, unmarked, untraceable bills. Eh, everyone has a price. And a million dollars to play the trumpet. And two million dollars to play the trumpet on live radio. This is Bob Joseph. Yes. Money talks. No one walks. 607- 772-1290. It's Monday morning on WNBF. <laughs> Bob Joseph at WNBF taking more calls more often. John in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
7: Yes, thank you. Who could forget the great talent of Linda McCartney? I mean, uh, right up there with Dave Brubeck. Uh, you
3: know. <laughs> with her fabulous hit, Bip Bop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, God bless her. God bless her. Bless I, you. I, As they I, say. Uh, and in fairness, she always did the best she could. And, and
7: let's not forget Joe English from <laughs> Rochester and Syracuse. <laughs> yes. Yes, who was uh, brought into that mix. Uh, what I wanted to talk about is the district attorney's race. And I think, you know, you have a, a wide variety of people that call in, but I think there is a consensus uh, on this whole thing. Uh, now, what's interesting about Paul Battisti is, Uh, his speaking style. Uh, Matt Ryan is a conversationalist, and he approached uh, his interview in a conversational style. Uh, Paul Battisti went to vintage Toastmasters, you know, we must do this, we must do that, and really, really didn't have a a conversation. Uh, Clearly worried that he he might uh, say something and make a faux pas or something. Now... (laughs) How, how did we get here? And I think we got here because Michael Korchak made a strategic error. Uh, Michael Korchak, four years ago, uh, did the impossible. He r- ran in a three way race and won on a line with more than enough baggage for any candidate to, uh, to handle. Uh, why he didn't stick with success and go. Uh, again, with a independent line of his own uh, and become a third party candidate in a three way race is beyond me uh, that uh, being said, uh one of the things that Paul Battisti remarked on was oh, and by the way, I have something in common with Vic Furman. I did too file a police report against Matt Ryan, <laughs> you know uh, so you know that that's that's just for the record but I will support him this time out. I think that uh, uh, Paul Batisti talked about this uh, empty lot, uh, this Occupy Binghamton, uh, that can art. Uh, But he didn't say anything about the biggest crime in the history of the city of Binghamton is regarding the destruction of public property, which is the Rec Park arson. uh, uh and who was the mayor back then? Well, it was one of his endorsers, uh, former Mayor Rich David, uh, who failed, and his police endorsers who but failed.
3: in fairness to Mayor David, on the last day in office, didn't he announce a reward for the, the arsonists in connection with the <laughs> wreck park? I mean, we had been waiting for a long time. And then, now, I I can't speak specifically about it because my I was off that day. Um, so, for whatever reason, I was unable to cover that. But didn't Rich David announce that uh, the city was going to uh, put up a reward to uh, track down the dastardly uh, doers of the uh, fiery deed at Rec Park?
7: Well, yes, and that was of course for a senate campaign and and uh in case anybody brought it up and then he would finesse the fact that that was done on the <laughs> the last day of his administration. Uh but clearly, clearly if if uh Paul Batista is concerned about law and order and crime, he should go back to the days when uh Uh, Black Lives Matter ruled, ruled the streets, ruled the courthouse, ruled Sherry Lindsay Park. Uh, And let's not forget that on the same night of that arson, there was a vandalism uh, spree on Main Street and at the Price Chopper Plaza. So, if he wants to talk about, uh, Mayor Ryan's law and order, let's look to Richard David's track record, and let's look to, uh, for example, how does he feel about civil rights? Paul Battisti, uh, the mayor of Binghamton, Mayor Rich David, uh, declared a curfew, a curfew on hardworking people. He closed, uh, City Hall. Uh, uh, you know, we, we don't know, I mean, <laughs> it it it's sad to watch and i again i made the comparison to to Jason Garner uh, both Paul Batisti and Jason Garner had fathers uh that were longtime employees of Broome community college and they used uh, their connections at the college as well as their huge pensions uh to uh the uh the candidates their sons as candidates so their son could get on the public payroll like they were so you know i i just uh, think that the the public and, and let me just wind it up with this. Do you want an example of uh, the problems of close uh, contact between law enforcement and the district attorney's office? There's no better no better example than the Cal Harris case and the debacle that that turned into, and may cost the taxpayers millions of dollars as that lawsuit winds through. You had. Uh, a district attorney with blind political ambitions. You had the original defense attorney, Joe Cawley, uh, priming for a, a judicial campaign. And you had all these uh, state police people involved. Uh, you know, you can have any opinion you want about Cal Harris and his guilt or innocence. But the fact of the matter is that shows you why you don't want to go down that road.
3: Appreciate your call. Keep me posted. You're yeah. Uh, by the way, anything new on the west side? Are the tennis courts still open?
7: Uh, well, they're, they're the uh, the Cram David uh, pickleball courts. Uh, you know, I didn't see any budding Arthur Ashes over there. <laughs> 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 any any uh, Shar- Sharapovas out there playing in their tennis whites. What about Coco a-
3: Gauff? was she there <laughs> It would be funny no, she, she showed up it's <laughs> like who why is she here how did she make a wrong turn and here she is and and suddenly you know I, I show up i didn't get a chance to make it to the tennis courts this weekend i was there last weekend to watch the first people enjoying um pickleballs first it, believe it or not john that was the first time ever I've seen pickleball performed in person. I've seen I've seen it on video, but it was the first in-person pickleball performance I, I ever witnessed was uh, well, a week ago Sunday.
7: Uh, what would complete the tennis courts in my mind is a big bronze sculpture of the partners of LG and T.
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you're too kind. Anyway, thank you John, keep me posted. It's 9.53. This is Bob Joseph on your side. We're here for you. We work for the community. You, you are why we do this. 607-772-1290. The program is on till noon, and we appreciate everyone who listens, and we, of course, appreciate everyone who calls. If you want to call... Even if you've never called any radio program before, now would be a good time. Love to hear new voices every day on WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. All the hits, all the time, on the big end. Come on, man. (laughs) You thought that we deleted it. Well... We tried, but somehow, as they say, once you, once you enter something into the system, it's next to impossible, <laughs> next to impossible to delete it for good. Hmm. Just looking up some stories. Now, what we don't know is if they ever, if they ever actually found ...the uh, arsonists... ...the arsonists who were involved in the um, playground fire. Here's interesting, because I did a a search... ...punching in the relevant details... ...and, of course, stories popped up... ...about the announcement of a $5,000 reward in connection with the Recreation Park arson that happened on May 31st. Actually, I guess it was the early morning of June 1st, 2020. But interestingly, there was also um, a playground fire in Duluth, Minnesota, a few years earlier. And... Listen to this. A reward of up to $5,000 being offered for tips leading to the identification of those responsible for a fire that damaged the playground at the Lester Park Elementary School. And that was in Duluth, Minnesota. And it happened apparently early one morning. And it caused, not clear exactly how much the damage was, but it caused substantial damage, and that story sounds very, very similar to the uh, what happened in Binghamton. I still have... Well, and I'm looking... There are other stories. Playground in Pine Hill torched. Police offer reward for information leading to arrests. Um, oh, another one. So apparently... And I'm just discovering this now. I'm sorry. I guess I'm late to the party. But there is uh, another one at Hoover Elementary School, North Mankato, where uh, people set fire to playground equipment and wood chips. Hmm. So I, here I was under the impression that the fire that happened at Recreation Park was an isolated incident, but if you look if you look under playground fires you you see that hmm fortunately they they happen. And again the last we knew In Binghamton, the reward was still in place. In fact, I actually did... Hmm, I forgot. I did a story about this on May 31st. Three years later, no arrest in Binghamton playground arson, despite a $5,000 reward. No one's been charged with an arson fire that wrecked the adaptive playground in Recreation Park three years ago. June 1st, 2020. Someone set a fire that raced through the $750,000 special playground in the Westside Park. Hmm. To be continued. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, showers and thunderstorms, high near 71. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms, low around 54. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 68. On September 17th, approximately 232, New York State Police at Binghamton responded to an incident involving a motorcycle and a rotting lawnmower at 1415 Hollyton Road in the town of Binghamton. A preliminary investigation indicated that Danny Shepard of Binghamton was operating a riding lawnmower in the area of the roadway and front yard of his residence. And Justin Tarbox of Binghamton was operating a Harley-Davidson motorcycle and traveling south on Hollyton Road. The two units collided. Shepard was pronounced deceased on scene. Tarbox was transported by a broom ambulance to Wilson Hospital to be treated for injuries he sustained. The incident remains under investigation. Police converged on a Binghamton house where a man was shot earlier this year after a woman reported hearing a gunshot. City police officers sealed off the north side neighborhood around 5 Sturgis Street around 1235 p.m. Friday. Broom County Sheriff's deputies assisted Binghamton police in setting up a perimeter around the two-story house where the gunfire was said to have been heard. Viggins, police chief, conferred with officers and uh, detectives on Sturgis Street. He told WNBF News that there was no indication that anyone was injured. He said police were trying to determine what had happened. Several people were detained by police. Police were called to the same location Wednesday night for an incident that involved at least one of the people, who was apparently at the scene when the gunshot was heard. One person was reported injured as the result of a chemical leak at a Verizon facility in downtown Binghamton. City firefighters, including the hazardous materials team, were sent to the Verizon building in Henry Street on 1030 a.m. Thursday after a fire alarm was received. A fire department duty chief said the alarm had been activated by a leak of Freon refrigerant from an air conditioning system. A problem developed with the valve as work was being performed on the system. One man who had been working in the six-story building was treated at the scene for eye irritation. The R-22 refrigerant leaked on the third floor. The gas then traveled to the floor below. Firefighters used fans to ventilate both floors. They used a meter to determine when the building had been cleared of the hazardous gas. On September 15th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 182 Chapin Street, located in the city of Binghamton. During the execution of the warrant, Abdul Shabazz threw a loaded rifle through a window. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 40 caliber Caltech brand rifle, two high capacity magazines, 40 caliber and 9 millimeter ammunition, approximately 6 grams of cocaine, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, he was arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, controlled substance third degree, controlled substance fourth degree, possession of a controlled substance seventh degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and tampering with physical evidence. An Endicott man is facing five felony charges after meth and fentanyl were found during an intake process at the Broome County Correctional Facility. On September 8th, Dustin Smith of Endicott was arrested and brought to central arraignment at the Broome County Correctional Facility on criminal possession of a controlled substance charges. During correctional facility intake procedures, a routine search uncovered three clear bags hidden on his person. Bag one contained a clear crystal-like method that fielded tested positive for meth. The second and third bags contained a brown powdered substance that field tested positive for fentanyl. Following an investigation, Dustin Smith was charged with two counts of possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, Class C felonies, and three counts of promoting prison contraband in the first degree, Class D felonies. Smith was arraigned in the town of Dickens in court on September 14th and remains at the Broome County Correctional Facility. And a Broome County jury deliberated at approximately one hour before finding Ray Sean Thompson of Binghamton guilty of two counts of felony criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and two counts of criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree. On August 3rd of 2022, the Broom County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at Thompson's apartment, 17 William Street, in the city of Binghamton. Police recovered a scale and multiple plastic bags from the apartment and over one-half ounce of powder containing fentanyl in in Thompson's pants pockets. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. News Radio
2: 1290,
3: WNBF. WNBF live on your Monday morning with Bob Joseph. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. Got calls coming up. So stand by if you have stuff to talk about. I'll be listening on WNBM. I don't. Coming up, the Greater Binghamton Clean Energy Career Summit and Job Fair. And that'll be on September 27th here in Binghamton. Joining us now to talk about that is Adam Flint, who is Director of Clean Energy Programs at NEST, the Network for a Sustainable Tomorrow. Morning, Adam. Morning, Bob. What's going on?
8: Well, we're having this job fair and uh, summit next week, as you said, at the Doubletree Hotel. Um, this is the first event of this kind, taking advantage of the fact that uh, our regional clean energy job market is growing rapidly, uh, manufacturing resources, and we want uh, people in the greater Binghamton area to be aware of this. Um, we're providing an opportunity for employers and training and education and support institutions to have tables so that folks uh, can come to the job fair and hopefully get a job.
3: Well, so much has been said about um, clean energy and and basically transitioning, whether it's in New York State or the nation or around the world. And it's actually amazing when you look at what's happened just over the last decade or two, and it looks like on on a number of fronts, things are, are, are starting to accelerate.
8: Yeah, um, I think the important message is that uh, it's not an if, it's the when, and the when is now, uh, and it's just accelerating. So I know there's a lot of chatter uh, about all kinds of controversies surrounding clean energy, and it is basically chatter. Uh, the reality is that the market is pushing these technologies forward even faster than incentives in some cases, like the plans Obama had that uh, Congress wouldn't approve. Uh, the market actually went faster than that. Um, so we have in this community, uh, as I think people are aware, already a pretty solid manufacturing base that has needed workforce uh, for some time. So Raymond Corporation is going to be on the keynote for the Uh, summits. uh We're going to have BAE systems there. They both are in the transportation business largely in terms of clean energy. Uh, we're also going to have folks there from contracting and whatnot um, and so the jobs are there. The careers are good. The pay is good. The compensation is good. And it's just going to keep growing. Um, so for people who, uh, you know, are living in the real world and uh, want to get involved in the biggest change in our economy in uh, certainly a, a century, if not longer, uh, this is a good place to uh, get started if you aren't in it already.
3: And how can people get more information if they want, want to be involved in this event that's coming up in, in just a few days?
8: Yeah, go to greaterbinghamtongreenjobs.org. That's greaterbinghamtongreenjobs.org. And uh, if you're there to sign up for the job fair, that's going to be staring you right in the face at the top. Um, You can also register for the summit. The summit is where we're going to be talking about how to make the changes necessary in our region so that it is easier for people who want to get into this field to find uh, the on ramp to find the training, the education, the support they need to be able to make a career in clean energy.
3: Are you surprised that there continue to be uh, naysayers? As you mentioned, there's a lot of chatter. A lot of people um, seem dubious about uh, the prospects, uh, certainly even as say the the big automakers in fact that's one of the biggest issues uh, going on now with the UAW strike is the car companies transitioning to electric vehicles even as that is going on there still seem to be a lot of people who are saying oh i don't see that i i will be driving an electric vehicle in 2030 and or many other statements like that there there seems to be a lot of skepticism
8: yeah, I, I mean, I think there's several reasons for that. Some of them are are fair. Some of them are manufactured. I mean, we do know that uh, the incumbent energy industries, the fossil fuel industry, has spent uh, tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars since the 90s to downplay and discredit what is inevitable. Um, and I, I would say, too, that let's remember when we moved from the horse and carriage to the uh, car originally, there were some speed bumps. We can have the whole system set up, and there's no question that everything is far from perfect, and that's part of our job Uh otherwise here to help people navigate these transitions. I own a plug-in hybrid myself. Uh, I'll be the first to tell you that the charging network isn't what it ought to be, but it's good enough for me to have a plug-in hybrid and have 99 miles per gallon and not have to have visited the gas station in a month.
3: Uh, well, also, my, my recollection <laughs> from reading history in the early 20th century with the, uh, early adapters when people decided maybe they didn't want to rely on, on the horse and buggy, and so they wanted to, uh.
9: Get a uh, horse, Bob.
3: Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they decided <laughs> they, they would, uh, go with this new fangled technology even before Henry Ford started the, the, um, mass production model. Um, I, I have seen, Reports that people were dissatisfied that there weren't nearly enough gas stations for for their their liking. It took a while before the um, the petroleum industry managed to uh, at least figuratively put a gas station on every corner.
8: Yeah, that's right. And you know, I what I'd like to see in our community, uh, as is true in some others, is rather than uh, having our heads in the sand about what's happening. Be more looking at, hey, you know, government, why aren't you doing a better job with private sector to get more charging stations where they need to be? Why don't I have clear information about how this is going? Uh, that's the kind of jumping up and down that I'd like to see because you know my my job and that of my colleague is to try to make this transition smoother and easier for everybody. And there's no question we could be doing a better job of this. Um, and so you know, rather than saying, oh, it's not coming or oh, it doesn't work, say uh, you do better. You know, let's let's make let's make things more affordable, easierly, more easy to access and so forth and make sure that nobody gets left behind.
3: And again, the website for more information or if people would like to register,
8: yes, greaterbinghamtongreenjobs.org. The event's going to be on the 27th, which is just a week from Wednesday at the Doubletree at greaterbinghamtongreenjobs.org, and I should mention the job fair is completely free. No money. And if you are attending the summit, it is an honor system. So you could also pay nothing or you could pay up to 50 bucks if your employer is paying for you.
3: Adam Flint, thanks for the information. And you'll be fed.
8: You'll be fed. Don't forget about that.
3: Yes. (laughs) Mr. Flint, thank you for joining us.
8: Thank you as always, Bob. Always a pleasure.
3: Thank you. Uh, 1018 WNBF Live on a Monday morning. Here for you and taking calls at 607-772-1290. If you have thoughts, remember, we're a local program, so we are hereby authorized to talk about local issues. So say if something happened in your neighborhood over the weekend, uh, you don't need to wait for Dan Bongino or Sean Hannity to come on this afternoon and call them. Not that they don't care. I'm sure they care about what happened in your neighborhood, but there's a higher probability That you'll be able to talk with a local host than with Mr. Bongino or Mr. Hannity. Although you can try. If you have thoughts about, (laughs) you know, well, what happened over in Binghamton uh, over the weekend? That, that was, that was interesting. I'm sure Mr. Hannity's people would say yes please stand by sean will speak with you in 30 seconds or you can call now 607-772-1290 and bob will speak to you on wnbf
0: from the galt auto studios this is wnbf news radio am 1290 also available at 92.1 fm we're still saving the southern tier money at galt toyota
2: WNBF
3: Hey man How you doing on this Monday morning? Hey, I'm Bob Joseph, man You're listening to NBF 92.1 FM Man Or maybe 1290 AM, man Or maybe on the WNBF app, man Andy and Vestal, you're on the air. Good morning.
9: Hey, good morning, Bob. Hey, I was in, in downtown Binghamton. I'm back in downtown Binghamton right now. And I ran into uh, a person who was picking up litter with some tongs, you know, the long stick. And I rolled on the window and I said, are you picking on your own? He said, no, I work for the city of Binghamton. And I wanted to, uh, uh, I wanted to commend uh Mayor uh, Clam's administration for um, having someone out there and I and I um, to you know, address this situation it is it's very coincidental. I ran into uh, Senator Leah Webb on Saturday at the Endicott Festival or the Apple Festival, I guess they call it or something, and uh, I brought up that same subject. I said, "What would what would Broome County or look like clean for a day?" You know, for one day, if you didn't have to look at at cigarette butts and just paraphernalia litter all over all over the streets uh, um, in this area, I think we, I think people when they come visiting here, I feel like we're the poor. They they think we're the poor relatives that just don't have a pot to pee in because we look we look so shabby, you know, in many cases. And it's I think and the point I was trying to make is, um, I think we just need large neighborhood cleanups where we could, where if the media would cover a huge, you know, huge area of, the, of Broome County of um, and say, this is what Broom County looked like today. This is what it looks like right now. The same, same area without the litter, you know? And I think it would, I think it would be a start of something that would give people, I've used the term pride of ownership, you know, um, And I think it would be certainly something. I don't know. It would just it would better housekeeping.
3: Well, (laughs) that's nice. Yeah, I was. uh, Gee, I was over at Apple Fest on the Avenue on uh, Saturday. I didn't see you. I didn't see Leo Webb. I didn't. I
9: didn't. I didn't. uh, (laughs) Where? Where was Leo
3: Webb? Where?
9: Leah Webb, she, I, Washington. F., I mean, she was walking with another, another gentleman. I think someone who was oh really was part of her campaign or who's who was done, or a campaign manager or something. I think we were introduced by I a I, I, gentleman. I am sorry, I cannot remember his name, but I was
3: introduced. Hope you don't All mind. Right, I'm uh, 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 multitasking. I'm sending emails while you're talking, so don't. Sure.
10: Your Actually, call by the by, by the way,
3: by the way, Andy, yeah. your call is important to me that's on my screen here i have to say that i i feel like i'm a cable representative or in the circulation department your call is important to me continue well thank you sir <laughs> well well, well in, order, in order in order to get my in order to get all my tasks done i have to do five things in addition to the radio show so don't don't take it personally. It's it's the only way if I'm going to get out of here by midnight. <laughs>
9: well, you're running a six, six burner stove. You have to get the ass for your fish. Yeah, everything's
3: going to be. Oh, don't get me I'm wrong. Perfect. I I I'm loving what I do. I I would I would have it no other way. I, I think I think they want me to multitask in order to keep me out of trouble. Well, so maybe so maybe you know. the next time I'm I'm in Vestal I, I can keep a firmer grip on my cell phone so it doesn't wind up in the middle of the roadway if you know what I mean. Well,
9: <laughs> well I'll tell you, uh, just uh, I keep tuned what goes on in Vestal. I think <laughs> before you know it, November seventh will come up and there'll be a big election. Oh my! So you'll gosh. have to see. You'll have to stay tuned and see what goes on.
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll cover it. We'll cover it even even if my cell phone mysteriously ri- winds up in the middle of the roadway and then yeah. somehow gets crushed by an Whoa. errant steamroller <laughs>
6: That's it
3: <laughs> three That's times alright thanks <laughs> <All right>.
9: hey, <laughs> thanks a lot <laughs>
3: <laughs> my cell phone has never wound up in the middle of the roadway except in Vestal my kind of town Vestal they mean business Oh kid, your cell phone is in the middle of the road. I know. I know. It's not because of me. It's because of you. Don't you love it when somebody, and for, and etiquette, look, professional etiquette is you don't slap someone in the hand when they're using a cell phone. It's just not done. Anywho, ten twenty-seven WNBF, Beverly, in the town of Dickinson.
11: Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Um, I was listening to that man that was talking about the railroad track, and uh, I, uh, I was going up to my nephew's house. Uh, he lives on the old state road, and uh, when we made a right-hand turn, there was a railroad, there was a change sitting on the tracks. And I thought to myself, it had a red light on it, and it was flashing. And and we sat there for probably about 20 20 to 25 minutes. Do you believe that they were changing, uh, maybe changing uh, lanes on the tracks?
3: I do believe it.
11: Well, anyways, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't in an emergency, but if it could have been, I, you know, I would have. I still have to wait.
3: You always have to wait. To you, stand. you can't, you, you stand. can't go over the tracks when the uh, no crossing lights are activated. That, that is rule one.
11: Right. But the train was parked. There. I'm going to say at least from 20 to 25 minutes. It's, like I said, I just wondered if they were changing lanes or something, or, or changing tracks. But anyways, it kind of scared me, you know, because I thought thought maybe there was an accident on the other end or something like that, you know. And I didn't know any other way to get to to my nephew's house unless we backtracked and went up Beaver Street, but that's a long ways you got to go up that hill.
3: That's true. So, So but the bottom line is, don't take chances. Do not take chances chances. ever.
11: But I I thought maybe there was an accident someplace, and, and my husband asked me, he goes, well... Is there another way? I said, well, we'll have to backtrack and go up Bevere Street, way up that hill. And I said, it's kind of hard to climb. Mm-hmm. And just as I said that, they started moving. Of course, it took probably, oh, maybe 10 minutes to, you know, or 15 minutes to, you know, to go all the way up the tracks. But anyway, I was kind of scared because I thought that maybe there was an accident someplace.
3: Well... There can be. There was a there was a person, a man who was hit by a train last uh, Monday night in Endwell. So yeah,
5: but the the problem
3: the problem is people as as the man from Norfolk Southern said. Sometimes people think that taking the railroad tracks is is a convenient shortcut to get to where they're going. But if you're listening to music with your um, earbuds or whatever you're listening. You're not going to hear the train, or even if you're just walking, you may not hear the train because of how the wind is blowing.
11: Right? You know when I when I when I worked in home care, there used to be a crossing a crossing down there by Broad Street and Johnson City. Well, I seen other people crossing there. You know, this is many years ago, and I got and I started. I got across, and I got to thinking. Now what if there was a train coming? What would I do? You know, but it kind of scared me. So I made up my mind that I was going to go all the way around over the over the the bridge in Johnson City. There, uh, I can't remember what the bridge was, and go all the way around. But I seen people going with gross, you know, with you know, with grocery carts and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, well.
3: I was on the tracks yesterday myself, but it was at a marked crossing, and I looked both ways. did It was a, a crossing that didn't have gates, but it was marked, and I looked both ways. And it, actually, it did have, uh, did have gates. It was a pedestrian crossing, not open to vehicles, but it still had gates. So I, I crossed, but I looked both ways, and everything was fine. But yet, even... Even with the crossing gates and the flashing red signals, you have to be careful. Always. Always. Appreciate your call. 1032 at WNBF. Vic from the Forks. Good morning.
10: Good morning, Bob. I was listening to Adam Flint talking about solar and, you know, that it's the future. And it probably is. I'm not going to dispute that. But I'd like to remind people to take what Adam says. And tried because Adam is a salesman above everything else. He's got nothing to do with worrying about the climate or anything like that. He's just a salesman.
3: And well, he I may be, know. but he also—I bet—he also is concerned about the climate too. I don't know. I don't well, know. because want, I mean, it's you know. We
10: talk about it was Bob he would have talked about the lithium-ion batteries that you need to store the
3: solar energy. Well, he might. You know, he might also be... We, we were doing a five-minute segment, so, yeah, he might have focused on, on one specific thing, but I get the sense from speaking with Adam Weitzman... Excuse me. I, I misspoke. Got the other Adam on my mind. Adam Flint. There's a lot of Adams to keep track of. Adam Flint, I uh, believe he's he's very much in involved in and concerned about oh, yeah. about climate change apart from from any business interests he has.
10: Well I, I'm more I'm more interested in saving the environment. And as I started to mention the the, the ion lithium batteries and stuff uh that goes into electric cars and then I'll get on to the solar. But that stuff that goes into the electric cars is mined by by child slave labor, it's all over the internet in China where they're using kids over 400,000 kids in one mine just to get the lithium to meet the United States needs. Um, When you go to New York City, if you go into a parking garage and the parking garage in New York City actually look like apartment houses from the outside there is a sign at the beginning of the entry now in most of those parking garages that say electric car is not allowed because they burst into flames. They burst into flames in the uh, people park them in the garage a school bus bursted into flame there's a video of that on uh, the internet uh i don't think it works. yeah in i've
3: seen I, and i also have video of gas powered vehicles cars and trucks that burst into oh, yeah. flames too so yeah. i if you find me a vehicle an affordable vehicle in the united states that won't burst into flames send me uh send me the information I might buy it
10: well I, I think the electric cars far outnumber the uh, gas i don't know there.
3: i uh, I, well, don't, uh, well, I don't i don't have, have the statistics sense. all i know I saw a um, there was a tanker truck loaded with uh, i think it was gasoline or some other petroleum product and it burst into flames and uh, knocked out a an important bridge in philadelphia a few months ago now that wasn't yeah that wasn't uh an electric truck that was a truck hauling thousands of gallons of delicious and i don't recall whether it was gasoline or diesel or some other uh, petroleum product but and and also in Mm -hmm. addition to the the um loss of the bridge for Mm -hmm. several weeks the the driver was killed so yeah, I think that happened know, on the weekend. You. So that was an innocent man lost his life, and then tens of thousands of motorists were inconvenienced for several weeks because of a tanker truck that, that caught on fire. And that wouldn't have happened with an electric vehicle.
10: And Didn't it catch on fire because you hit the bridge abundant?
3: Yeah, I think it did. And, and I I think, that- remember... Speaking of natural gas, remember that time when the guy um, was driving up there near um, Shenango Bridge, and his truck hit a deer, and he didn't react properly, and so the the interstate highway was closed for for hours. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to uh, comment about various news incidents, I mean. Fires happen with gas and diesel vehicles. Fires happen with electric vehicles. Are there big issues that still need to be addressed to make electric vehicles safer? A lot of the fires, by the way, a lot of the fires, especially in New York City, in the last couple of years, have involved uh, e-bikes and people who are using knockoff batteries or or remanufactured batteries most of the problems or they've been charging them improperly inside an apartment or whatever i mean in the end there are potential safety issues i think with almost every technology available to us uh, for transportation what about, what about
10: uh, i know you really don't like what about us but
3: Look what happened in Washington when they
10: had that huge snowstorm and all those vehicles got stuck in the in heavy I mean, snow and a traffic jam and it lasted for 17, 18 hours. And the ones that were in electrical vehicles had to abandon the vehicle or die. And some did die. And here in the Northeast, we get a lot of snowstorms. We get a lot of bad weather. And I would not want to be an electric vehicle, for, you know, for, for an event like that. Uh, that first of all, the heat would drain your battery a lot faster if the wheels aren't turning to regenerate some of that power back in. So, uh, uh, and then if you can give me one example of a car pulling into a garage, a gas-powered car, and then burning down your house, then I'll sway a little toward uh, Adam's way. But I don't know.
3: So- I, I mean, I'm not going to go looking for one example, but I bet, I bet there's at least one example. Of that happening, I'm not going to look for it. But I, I would, I would be shocked, Vic, if there wasn't one example of a gas-powered vehicle that didn't catch on fire in a garage and burn down a house. Oh, I mean, okay. maybe not. I personally, I don't care enough to go looking for it. I have other stuff I need to do today. But when you make a statement like that, which is tantamount to saying they're never has been a house that's burned down because a fire erupted in a gas-powered vehicle that was in the garage. When you say never, and I know you didn't use that in this construct, but that's the essence of what you're saying, then you're inviting somebody who actually has time to find an example and say, well, actually, Vic, it did happen. Now, again, I, I can't prove it, and I don't intend to search. I've got I've got way too much I need to do today to uh, go off trying to search that. Now, if, if you want to say there are issues indeed with electric vehicles, especially when it comes to charging electric vehicles, yes, there are still issues. Electric vehicles okay. are still relatively new. And over the years, there have been a lot of problems with gas and diesel-powered vehicles. I
10: have one issue on solar and then I'm done. I had a a solar company out to my house two weeks ago because I was looking at going solar because, hey, the benefits they promised in the ad that I read was 100% free. But that was a catchphrase. I called them up. They came out to the house. They were going to sell me a solar system that that would do my house, and the cost of it was $88,000. 30, 38000 would have been paid for by the government, 50000 by me. That was the deal they were offered. And when I asked them what were the monthly uh, payments on that system and how long is the warranty, I got a 15- to 25-year warranty, and then I got a payments up around $485 a month, which my electric bill is only 150 a month, so that kind of is no savings in my book. And I, I swear to God, Bob, uh, when I ask these people what happens when the solar panels are all good and I have to replace, will I be able to get another uh, grant from the government if I want to replace them? They said probably not. And the re- and to remove the solar panels on that roof would cost me $8,000 to put the new ones on. So it seems to me like buying solar keeps you in trouble.
3: All right. Trouble. Well, I mean, I, hey, I'm not re- I don't make recommendations for people. My recommendation... For anybody interested in buying anything, do your research. Do all your research like you did. I mean, if you want, if you want to buy solar, powered anything, do your research. If you want to buy a gas-fueled or diesel-fueled vehicle, do your research. If you are considering an electric vehicle, research. Do research. I'm not making recommendations. And in fairness, In fairness to everybody who's in the business. This is America. Everyone is in it for the money. That's not a newsflash. It's just to reinforce. Everyone's in it for the money. So if your business is to sell something, you're going to encourage people to consider buying that. Doesn't mean everything else is bad. It means you're in the business to encourage people to buy something that you have. And of course you're gonna accentuate the positive. Do your research. Always. That's what it's about. Be educated. Well, I don't like research. Yeah, well, then live and learn. You know, you can go out and buy anything. Anything. A gas powered widget, an electric powered widget, a solar powered widget, a wind powered widget. Buyer beware. Find out about it. That's why I gave you the Internet. Why aren't you kids grateful? This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. My number... <laughs> I know. What? 607 1290 Monday morning with Bob on WNBF. WNBF live at 1045. It's so chilly today. It's just too cold. It feels like October. We need to warm things up. All right, let's go back to the phones. DJ in Binghamton, you're on the air.
12: Good morning, Bob, and all greater Binghamtonians. I just want to say happy birthday to all the September babies. Very pleased to find out that Charles Stanley's birthday is September 25th. And I share mine with Jenna Ortega. You guys watch the show Wednesday ever or heard about it, uh, at the end of September. You know, Bob, my mom always raised me coming up and all of us, six children, uh, Jerry the barber's wife, that, uh, you don't go to school on your birthday. Your birthday is your day. You don't have to go to school. You don't have to work. And I guarantee, I, I, uh, I continued that. So all you September babies, happy birthday. When's your, what's your month, Bob? You can tell it.
3: No, I, but I was born and, uh, the world rejoiced. I'll just say it. <laughs> the, the world, the, the world rejoiced. <laughs> it, they said, uh, for that particular decade at Lord's Hospital, I was the yeah. best the best baby they ever had that decade. I was baby of the decade.
12: I remember that. They used to know they it was on that the front page of the Council.
3: Binghamton Press. Baby of the decade born at Lord's Hospital all others the contest is over even though the decade wasn't over. They ended the contest for that decade and they said, "Skip it." If you're planning on having having a kid, you wait till the next decade because the baby of the decade has just been born. They ended the contest and, you know. But, of course, I seldom mention that because, you know, I'm a humble lad.
12: Bob, I don't know why, but September is always to me. And all my memories... The most beautiful, sunny month. It's perfect weather. It's always seventy-two around there. Apple picking. You know, we just celebrated Russia floods, with the apples and the honey. floods,
3: what? devastation, earthquakes.
12: Yeah, there was a flood wildfires. Oh, yeah, but wasn't that just once? And wasn't that when they went and blessed the river and threw flowers in the river <laughs> and then the river flooded? Instead of blessing the Lord, they went that down and remember that the politicians blessed the river. I'm like, what are they doing? You're not supposed to bless the river. Psalm says bless the Lord. You can bless anyone
3: you want. You know, somebody sneezes, you bless the person.
12: Well, I ended up all right. Just back then, just my ba- I didn't live where I live now, just my basement flooded and you know the pilot light went out. Well that was good. Were you?
3: No, but you know, I you don't want to hear about my problems. Let's just say yeah. I'm I'm unimpressed. I'm unimpressed by the flood risk in this area. Just totally unimpressed. So well, well, what can you do? And it happened in September. So, you work know, on the walls, so fine. am I bitter? No, of course I'm not bitter, DJ. Uh, I do, do I hope that we ever get a flood like that again? I hope not. Anyway, um, so did you say today is your birthday? No, no,
12: my birthday's coming up at the end of the month. Oh, okay. i sure it was with, with Jenna Ortega Wednesday. at oh. And, uh,
3: and uh, Taylor Swift. Oh, no, no. Please don't say that. When's your uh, birthday? Beyonce. No, 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 no. Stormy Daniels. So I'm, a lot I'm, of great I'm, people were born in September. A lot of people who've been <laughs> in the news were born in September,
12: right? Yeah, but Bob, as you know, I am biased toward pro-lifers, so please don't say Taylor Swift. I mean, people can believe what they want. I
3: don't. Lauren, anybody, uh, but, uh, know. Lauren Bolbert from uh, Colorado. She was oh, born in September. She's been in I the news her. lately. Yeah, I, I bet like you would. You want to go to the movies with her? <laughs> oh, it's Bob Joseph. Thank you, DJ. Ten fifty. I don't know who's worse, her or. And I can't finish the sentence. Perfect line, but I can't finish that sentence. But regular listeners know what I'm thinking. It's 10.50. (laughs) That's Bob Joseph. Monday morning, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. 52 at WNBF. September. Saluting everybody who loves September. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
13: Gary Westside. Hello, Bob.
3: Morning, Gary.
13: Hey, I wanted to chime in about what Vic said about electric vehicles. He kind of went over quickly about the slave labor. And I couldn't agree more with that. They, I've seen the videos. I'm sure you have seen the videos of the people mining cobalt. And there's like chill. I can't imagine my grandson, you know, three-year-old kids out there mining. This is not healthy for them. The people that buy these vehicles, mostly I'm making a generalization here. They would be totally against slave labor. But yet they purchased a vehicle with that came in you know uh and then also one of the problems that is going to happen is when these new pickup trucks come out the batteries on them are so heavy they are he- as heavy as a small regular gas-powered vehicle and you know if you have a f-150 coming along and smashing into a small vehicle uh i think they might have to do new uh, crash tests with the to uh you know, equate what's going to happen there. I, I was all for uh, battery-powered vehicles, Bob, and I had to purchase a vehicle a couple of years ago. I decided to go with uh, gas-powered because of replacing a battery after 10 to 12 years. I can't, I, you know, I'm getting older. I want a car that's going to last me a long time. And to purchase one where the batteries are going to wear out 10 to 12 years, I can't. I can't afford $20,000 for a battery in, in 10 years. I mean, that's just me, so I decided to go gas. You know, like anything that starts, there's a lot of things that uh, need to be
3: fixed with this. But Well, the bottom uh, I, line, when it comes to electric vehicles, your point about the battery is um, it's a valid point. I don't know, say, 10 years from now to replace a battery. Do I think it's going to cost that much? I doubt it. I su- suspect the cost of battery replacement will go down in the coming years. Uh, interestingly, from what I've read, electric vehicles, and this is a generalization, and some vehicle experts can call in to elaborate. I believe from everything I've seen, there are fewer things generally with electric vehicles that can go wrong. So, you know, there, generally they're they're simpler yeah there's no oil right i mean so uh, so overall general and i'm not going to say you know so go out and buy a tesla or go out and buy some other electronic vehicle and life will be just a dream because hey your mileage may vary Uh, depending on especially say if you get a car that's been assembled on a monday or friday forget about it hopefully you get a car that's Assembled maybe on a two maybe a Wednesday. I think maybe Wednesdays are your best hope for having a car that's going to be relatively defect-free. But, hey, who knows? And uh, what about now? Cars are being assembled uh, at UAW plants that are still operating. But, you know, a lot of those UAW members... Aren't happy right now, cause.
13: Yeah, so you'd want to buy a car. <laughs> now that's good. No way. you talk about Monday through Friday. How about, I mean, Monday or Friday. It's Monday through Friday.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. And again, I'm just, it's, it's one of those things, just joking. I, I think overall vehicle quality in the world has gone up significantly over the last 20 years. But yeah, there's still, there's still, there still are problems. And as I said, when it comes to making any kind of a purchase, especially a vehicle purchase, do your homework and then try to make your best educated purchasing decision. What is best for you? Definitely,
13: definitely research car sales. If you're going to buy a new car, and Bob, I'm not going to get into it because I know you got car dealers that advertise on your program, but... You can very easily get ripped off. There are many ways that they make money that they do not announce, and it's well, very of course. sad.
3: You know, and it's not very unique. Sad. It's no, not unique are. to that industry. You know, I it mean, look look at, the, that industry, look at the look at the cable industry. Look look at the newspaper industry. Why does my newspaper bill every month have uh, twelve dollars assessed for a so-called special premium edition that I don't want, and it's it's definitely there are two, one or two special so-called premium editions a month. They're not worth the paper they're printed on, and yet, you know, there it is on my bill. So, anyway, appreciate your call. I always say an educated consumer is my best customer. I think some furniture company used to say that. Be educated. Make good choices. Bob Joseph live on your Monday morning on WNBF.
1: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly cloudy today, showers and thunderstorms high near 71. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of showers and thunderstorms low around 54. Mostly cloudy Tuesday, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 68. On September 17th, approximately 232, New York State police at Binghamton responded to an incident involving a motorcycle and a riding lawnmower at 1415 Hollyton Road in the town of Binghamton. A preliminary investigation indicated that Danny Shepherd of Binghamton was operating a riding lawnmower in the area of the roadway and front yard of his residence, and Justin Tarbox of Binghamton was operating a Harley Davidson motorcycle and traveling south on Hullington Road. The two units collided. Shepard was pronounced deceased on scene. Tarbox was transported by a broom ambulance to Wilson Hospital to be treated for injuries he sustained. The incident remains under investigation. Police converged on a Binghamton house where a man was shot earlier this year after a woman reported hearing a gunshot. City police officers sealed off the Northside neighborhood around 5 Sturgis Street around 12.35 p.m. Friday. Broome County Sheriff's deputies assisted Binghamton police in setting up a perimeter around the two-story house where the gunfire was said to have been heard. Binghamton police chief conferred with officers and uh, detectives on Sturgis Street. He told WNBF News that there was no indication that anyone was injured. He said police were trying to determine what had happened. Several people were detained by police. Police were called to the same location Wednesday night for an incident that involved at least one of the people who was apparently at the scene when the gunshot was heard. One person was reported injured as the result of a chemical leak at a Verizon facility in downtown Binghamton. City firefighters, including the hazardous materials team, were sent to the Verizon building in Henry Street on 1030 a.m. Thursday after a fire alarm was received. A fire department duty chief said the alarm had been activated by a leak of Freon refrigerant from an air conditioning system. A problem developed with the valve as work was being performed in the system. One man who had been working in the six-story building was treated at the scene for eye irritation. The R-22 refrigerant leaked on the third floor. The gas then traveled to the floor below. Firefighters used fans to ventilate both floors. They used a meter to determine when the building had been cleared of the hazardous gas. On September 15th, members of the Metro SWAT team executed a search warrant at 182 Chapin Street located in the city of Binghamton. During the execution of the warrant, Abdul Shabazz threw a loaded rifle through a window. As a result of the search warrant, investigators located a loaded 40 caliber Caltech brand rifle, two high capacity magazines, 40 caliber and 9 millimeter ammunition, approximately 6 grams of cocaine, and items used for packaging and weighing narcotics. As a result of the investigation, he was arrested and transported to the Binghamton Police Department to be processed on criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, controlled substance third degree, controlled substance fourth degree, possession of a controlled substance seventh degree, criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree, and tampering with physical evidence. An Endicott man is facing five felony charges after meth and fentanyl were found during an intake process at the Broome County Correctional Facility. On September 8th, Dustin Smith of Endicott was arrested and brought to central arraignment at the Broome County Correctional Facility on criminal possession of a controlled substance charges. During correctional facility intake procedures, a routine search uncovered three clear bags hidden on his person. Bag one contained a clear crystal-like method that Field tested positive for meth. The second and third bags contained a brown powdered substance that field tested positive for fentanyl. Following an investigation, Dustin Smith was charged with two counts of possession of a controlled substance in the fourth degree, Class C felonies, and three counts of promoting prison contraband in the first degree, Class D felonies. Smith was arraigned in the town of Dickens in court on September 14th and remains at the Broome County Correctional Facility. And a Broome County jury deliberated at approximately one hour before finding Ray Sean Thompson of Binghamton guilty of two counts of felony criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and two counts of criminal use of drug paraphernalia second degree. On August 3rd of 2022, the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at Thompson's apartment, 17 William Street in the city of Binghamton. Police recovered a scale and multiple plastic bags from the apartment and over one half ounce of powder containing fentanyl in, in Thompson's pants pockets. That's a look at news for updates on local news, weather, sports, and features. Open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF.
3: Morning, sports fans. Bob Joseph Live, 607-772-1290. It's Monday morning, so your call is very important to me. Feel free to give me a call now on WNBF.
2: Let me be your rocking chair. Just rock me away
3: from there. Lauren Bobert member of Congress who has made a name for herself has issued an apology after she got kicked out of the uh, theater. She was watching the musical Beetlejuice in Denver. They determined her behavior was not appropriate. Not appropriate. Mm. Well, you could say a lot. But I think, I think based on the information that's now been uncovered, I believe it is safe to say her behavior at the musical Beetlejuice was inappropriate at best. According to The Guardian, online at TheGuardian.com, she said it's an experience that was difficult and humbling. I bet it was story says uh, Bobert and a guy I'm paraphrasing I'm not gonna not gonna read it verbatim. I'll read it the way you want it read. Um, you know. Bobert and a guy were ejected from the musical for vaping, recording video and disturbing other patrons during a performance. It was on a Sunday um, and if you're sensitive to this sort of thing, Actually, I won't even say what it says because too many people are too sensitive these days. Video also showed them, well, in their seats. So, yeah, as far as if you need to know more, there are ways for you to obtain that information without filing A freedom of information request with her congressional office. Boebert and her campaign manager initially denied that she was vaping and said she was removed for being too loud. But surveillance video obtained by Nine News in Denver shows that she, in fact, was openly vaping during the performance. The vaping member of Congress. Two sources also confirmed to Nine News that Boebert was vaping. Against the law... Ushers tried to address it with her several times. A pregnant woman reportedly confronted Bobert and asked her to please stop vaping. Please, please. Bobert refused. The unnamed woman told the New York Post, These people in front of us were outrageous. I've never seen anyone act like that before. Surveillance video shows Bobert's guest's Dot, 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 after they had taken their seats. Bobert is also seen dot, dot, dot in the venue. Now, look, they're adults chronologically. So, on, on the one hand, wait, I can't say that. Anyway, they're adults, so I guess, I guess they can make choices, but that was neither the time nor the place for this sort of behavior. If they want to be affectionate and friendly and frisky, there certainly are places you can go for that. But in the middle of Beetlejuice, of all things, video footage shows a blurred out gesture that Bobert flashed at theater security as she was escorted out. Business Insider reported that the gesture appeared to be one previously used by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller at the Broome County Airport. According to a report of the confrontation with theater security, Boebert and her guest became argumentative argumentative with officials. Do you know who I am? (laughs) Anyway, she put out a statement apologizing for her behavior. The past few days have been difficult and humbling. And I am truly sorry for the unwanted attention. My... Sunday evening in Denver has brought to the community. She uh, is dealing apparently uh, with what is a challenging personal time. She said I've tried to handle it with strength and grace as best as I can but I simply fell short of my values on Sunday. So, There's more to the story but that's the gist of it. And I certainly wish her the best. I hope hope that she and her family can get through this difficult time. And also, uh, I hope that she, well, not, not just she, but also the guy she was with, I hope he can get through this difficult time. Because I see, as you might expect, the New York Post is now focusing on him and his business. And it's like, is it anybody's business what he's up to? We should be focusing on the member of Congress. She should be setting a good example for us, not behaving in that sort of salacious fashion. 1116 <laughs> WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
14: Yes, good morning, Bob. Benny from Binghamton.
3: Did you see Lauren Bobert? She was uh, over at Beetlejuice with her friend.
14: Yeah, I... um I've been reading about that. I I, I think this let's see. What did, what did she say? I'm going through a tough time now in my life. blah blah blah.
3: By the way, we're, the can I can I be blunt? We're all going through a tough time right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Isn't this
14: the one who wants to bring this, these these charges against Joe Biden? You no, see Bob, I think is one of, I,
3: is, I think she's I think she's one one of the Republican members of Congress who who wants to Act tough against Joe Biden, the the guy from Scranton.
14: Well, once again, this is this is just like what I've said before. What in God's name has happened to the Republican Party? What has happened? You got Kevin McCarthy, yeah, and we're going to have to bring these charges, uh you know, against Joe Biden. You haven't even had George Santos is still in there. Kevin McCarthy, George Santos is still in there, Bob. I thought you guys were going to get rid of him.
3: Oh, by no. the way, does that mean George Santos gets to actually vote on a possible impeachment of Biden? If it comes to a vote oh. in the House, George Santos could potentially cast a vote uh, for or maybe against. Who knows? You know, the one thing that would be interesting if Santos votes, maybe he would be one of the few Republicans in the House who would vote against it because maybe he has, um, you know, maybe a certain certain sense of, well, I, I don't think we should pile on people because look at what's happened to me. Although I, I hasten to add, I think George Santos and his situation are totally different than the situation involving Joe Biden. But wouldn't it be funny if he actually stood up on the floor of the House and said, I have given it lots of thought. I know that many of my Republican colleagues are going to vote. In favor of impeaching President Biden. However, I have decided after considering all factors here, I will cast my vote against the impeachment of a truly great president. Wouldn't that be yeah. funny? And
14: all the, yeah, yeah, what? It'd be, it'd be funny to see on all those Republicans, uh, just, just sitting there looking. You know, it, it, <laughs> Mitt Romney's got a book coming out. I don't know if you've
3: read oh, yeah. it. Oh I, I yeah. I saw the first all, chapter. It's, uh, it's quite a tell all. Well, you know what Bob, this is what gets me sick about these
14: son of a guns. You guys soon as you get done retiring and as soon as you get ready to leave, and now you want to come out and say some stuff. You need to say it while you're in there. But they won't. And that's why Trump has so much power because he knows this. He goes, These guys screw the American people, screw all this other kind of stuff. You know, but the old for no, you're not. You're only for your own job and your own and what they like to do is say that's what the Democrats are about, but it's not. And then when they can't, they say, oh, everybody's that way. No, they're not. You always try to blur the lines. This is so concrete with this party. They got all these – God, i just love to see these districts that vote these people at Boebert and at Marjorie Green. What the heck? I, I just can't understand it. Why you put these buffoons in here that have – they don't want to get anything done – They don't want to do anything. We could be talking about the borders, guys. We could be getting some things together about the borders. But you can't because you're so interested in um, Hunter Biden and stupidness or or anything else.
3: Well, you know what? It just uh, just occurred to me. Maybe maybe this would resolve everything if uh, Hunter Biden and Lauren Boebert get married and then people would finally drop everything. Oh, I then I don't have to hear any more about Hunter Biden, and nobody has to hear anything more about Lauren Boebert. They could both go and live in uh, Littleton, Colorado. I know a, I know a nice place where they could both live in Littleton, Colorado and leave us alone.
14: I wish something would happen, because I'm, I just this is one of those things where you just want the election to hurry up. Because all I this know. garbage in between. I know. It is it's, so
0: bad.
3: You know, the next 13 and a half months are going to be infuriating. Yeah,
14: and, I'm, and Bob, one more thing. I am so sick of hearing about Kennedy. He's going nowhere. Oh, he's on Fox. So what? He, he's he's not going anywhere. Oh, I'd like to see, you know, uh, 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 did Kennedy get in. Uh, and I just laugh. I'm like, what? What, what, what has he got? just a name. He has is, he is not ran anything. He hasn't done anything. Talk about his COVID and oh, it's a, a conspiracy. Um, Just just get rid of him. Just go. Go away. Go away. So we can talk about solid things that we need to get done in this country. But, uh, you know, oh, like and said,
3: and I, by the way, I mean, I know you disagree with this and I respect your opinion. I still, I still have this gut feeling that The two guys who headed their respective parties tickets in 2020, I have a sense they're not going to be involved next November. That's just my feeling. I know you strongly disagree, but I bet, and whether it's of their own volition or Mm -hmm. if, if the people in the parties, I mean voters or whatever, ultimately decide that we need... New faces. And, and I know age is part, age is part of it, but it's not even so much age. You know, the, um, the, but no, seriously, the thing that, that I keep coming back to is when people get sick of certain brands. Remember, there was a time people were getting sick of the Bush brand or people were getting sick of the Clinton brand or certain, I mean, let's face it, 50 years ago, people got sick of the Nixon brand and he, he heard. Richard Milhouse Nixon heard the American people, and he knew they were getting sick of his brand. Now, if the same thing had transpired, say in 2023 instead of 1974, I bet Richard Milhouse Nixon would not have resigned. He would have been hanging out on Twitter and and coming up with funny funny interviews and and doing all sorts of things on Newsmax and MSNBC you know just um serving as distractions well, you know and and the media would love it the thing is the media this yeah. is this is an indictment i think of of the american media today but i i'm afraid mm-hmm. this is true and i don't think i've ever mm-hmm. said this but if 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 conditions with social media and also um the national media, all levels of media, actually, not just national, but local, uh, radio, TV, um, newspapers, such as they are, and uh, online. If all those conditions existed in 1974 in August when Millhouse Nixon quit on one hot August night, I bet, I bet it wouldn't have happened because the U.S. media would have been invested in keeping – millhouse Nixon around to keep kicking around i mean it would be it would be in the interest the fact that it was a, a raging scandal the watergate scandal and other associated problems with that it would have meant a lot of clicks a lot of eyeballs and a lot of cash money so the media would not can you imagine again say if all that was transpiring in september 2023 the american media would be covering it Like we do today, and Mm -hmm. they they would be so upset about the possibility that Richard Milhouse Nixon would leave the White House, and then things would be turned over to boring Gerald Ford, because we would we would lose money, we would lose listeners and viewers and readers and clickers and clickers. I mean look that's that's one of the secret reasons well I don't know that it's secret that's one of the reasons Trump got so much coverage that he was able to ease in to the presidency in 2016. I mean it's not the only reason it's it, and, and you have you have pointed out other contributing factors but the. US media you have to admit in 2016 was complicit
14: absolutely there was so much that they did nothing came out. We didn't know about this guy. I think the
3: media got they got bamboozled, you know. Just I don't just even know. I don't know that the media truly got bamboozled. I I think secretly, and in fact, I think wasn't didn't the president of CBS News say something about how good? Yes, Trump, he did. yes and I, I have to look yes, this up did. now. Um, he may not be
14: about good sp- Yes. The, you have to quote, he may not be good for America, but sure he is good for us. Oh, and he laughed talking to all the investors. Yes. And, of course, he got caught screwing around doing sexual, uh, sexual harassment. Oh, was it and less Lombes?
3: Yep. Oh, him? him. Oh. Yep. But, but at least in that one case, he was honest with his assessment of what it, what it meant to the media. And, and, and the same thing, the same thing. Would be in place now if Richard Milhouse Nixon was still ensnarled in the quagmire known as as Watergate. The media would be covering and certainly every – because Richard Milhouse Nixon certainly would be on Twitter tweeting up a storm, you know, throwing out new new distractions. Oh, look, over there, bright, shiny object. He'd be on Twitter at least once an hour with something totally bogus. But the media Mm – the media, the way the media have have become, would be covering. We'd be like little dogs going after the stick. Oh, woof, woof. Yep. look look what but, President Nixon just tweeted.
14: Bob, I, yep, I, I, I agree a thousand percent. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm glad I came up. I was born during that era because I saw, like Ted Koppel told uh, Bill O'Reilly, and he told Sean Hannity about journalism and how it used to be a calling. And now you got all these frauds, and a lot of these major papers in our country are only like one step ahead of the National Enquirer because the National Enquirer was used to be like just funny stuff and garbage, and they'd have oh UFO sightings, but they'd all be drawings and all this kind of stuff. That's what's happened now with our with our uh, a lot of our media. Mm. just a lot of nonsense just a lot of nonsense. I saw something like I told you the other day. there was an article in our paper where they took a poll of people that aren't going to vote. What in God's name is that all about? Why would would you take a poll on the people of the unlikely
3: voters? I know. I I saw it, and I shook my head. I was incredulous. So here's the the story that goes back that we were referencing about Leslie Moonves. I always like that name, Leslie Moonves, a man who once was respected in the industry. Uh, February 2016. The headline says Leslie Moonves on Donald Trump. It may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. And the story says he can appreciate a Donald Trump candidacy. Not that the CBS executive chairman might vote for the Republican presidential front runner, but he likes the ad money Trump and his competitors are bringing in. Moonves called the campaign for president a circus full of bomb-throwing, and he hopes it continues. Most of the ads are not about issues. They're sort of like the debates. Man, who would have expected the ride we're all having right now? The money's rolling in, and this is fun. He said, I've never seen anything like this, and this going this is going to be a very good year for us. Sorry, it's a terrible thing to say, but bring it on, Donald. Keep going. And again, as I said, if... If Richard Milhouse Nixon was president at this moment and Watergate was unfolding, uh, whoever now has the uh, job that Leslie Moonves had before he had to leave early because of alleged improper behavior, they'd be saying the same thing. And by the way, the people at CBS aren't alone. The people at every media company, TV, radio, newspaper, online, they're thinking the same thing. That's why... They would love the former guy to be involved in the campaign next year. I don't know that they want the former guy and the current guy involved because the current guy, even if you don't like him, you have to admit he's more boring than the former guy. What they want is the former guy and somebody who's wild and crazy to be the Democratic nominee so they could make even more money. They want to turn... And I'm sorry to say this, Vinny. Sorry you have to hear uh-huh. it from me, but it's better that you hear it from me than out on the streets. Uh-huh. They want to turn the presidential campaign into world wrestling, WWE. Yeah. That's what they want. Yep. They don't yep. want it to be about the issues. They want storylines. They want wackiness. They want two guys. Now, the former guy would be great on the Republican side because we know... That he'll get the clicks. He'll get the eyeballs. He'll make us money. As far as who would be the, the best counterpart for Democrats, I'm not sure. Some would say AOC, but no, she, she can occasionally say th- some things that, that get people uh, to react, but she's not nearly as wild or unpredictable as the former guy. So that's what yeah. in, in the dreams of media CEOs right now, you can picture. Their dreams include the former guy as the Republican candidate and somebody else. And the sad thing is there's no Democrat unless, unless Lauren Boebert changes her party affiliation and becomes a Democrat. Jeez. So it could be Lauren Boebert versus the former guy, not because that's good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. Isn't it that's sad? So
14: sad. It's It's sad. sad. The, The greed, greed, greed,
3: greed, man. It's all about the money, man. Thank you, Vinny. I mean, it's serious. It's about the money. And to his credit, at least once in his life, Leslie Moonves in public told the truth. The former guy, who then was the future guy, he was good for CBS profits. He was good for everybody in the media, in my opinion. I, I have to confess, I think, I think that guy was good for this program because not because of anything he did that was constructive or because of his actual ideas, because it kept people engaged. If the Republicans in 2016 had nominated Jeb Bush, who knows? Who knows how that would have turned out? It would have been a Bush Clinton Election in November 2016. And I don't know, under those circumstances, that's another case where people would say, gee, I don't want to vote for either candidate. And the media wouldn't care so much about the candidates. The media would say, these two candidates are too boring. They're too boring. This isn't going to work. We're not going to make much money. Can't we get that Queens real estate guy somehow, even as a third party candidate so he could make some more money? I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. It's 1133. From the Galt Auto Studios,
0: this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW.
2: Be alone each and every night while you're away, don't forget to write.
5: Bye bye, so.
3: At the station. Bye-bye. Bye-bye station. 1136 WNBF, Dave and Vestal. you're on the air.
15: Good morning there, Bob. Hey, you know, you know I was sitting here calmly listening, enjoying the show. Uh, I need to, and, and it worked, Bob. You did your job, and you got me going, so I had to dial. Uh I want to know when... By the way, that's Dave,
3: Dave, Dave. That's not what what I'm about. Come on, man.
15: (laughs) Okay, Bob. Anyways, uh, uh, I want to know when does the Vinnie Bobblehead doll go on sale? Because everything you were saying, which wasn't, a lot of it wasn't true, he was sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see his head bobbling saying yes to everything you were saying. Um, I want to buy one. Let me know when they go on sale, Bob. Anyways, um, you know, <laughs> you were sitting there going, we're sick of, people are sick of this, they're sick of that. Bob, you know what we're really sick of? We're sick of the Democrats. We're
3: sick of looking at No, up. I think we're sick of Lauren Boebert with that kind of immature behavior. That's not even appropriate for someone who's junior high school age. That, that sends a really, really bad message to the children of America.
15: I agree with that, Bob. The, the, the actions were not good. But you know what? <laughs> he says that. How did the people like that get voted in? What about his side, the squad? How did they get voted in? That? I
3: like the squad compared to Lauren Boebert. I don't think any member of the squad has ever behaved like that in public. Democrats are full of brainless people, Bob. You got liberals. That, that's not the point. The point is behavior. You have to behave. If you're going to be... If you're going to be watching Beetlejuice, you really need to behave because there could be children and even uh, pregnant women sitting nearby. They don't want your vaping. They don't want your groping. They don't want your picture taking. They don't want your dancing. They want you to behave in a civilized fashion.
15: But, but permit me, Bob, to speak for the peanut gallery because you can't. You're a talk show host, so I can. And we are sick of the Democrats. We're sick of liberalism, communism. What you're saying is
3: WNBF listeners who are tuning in for Dan Bongino in less than 30 minutes, they don't like Democrats. I understand that. I've been working here for a few years, so I understand the demographic profile of the typical WNBF listeners. So you may be correct, that many WNBF listeners don't like members or leaders of that party but that doesn't mean they're bad people
15: well remember this Bob, things have gotten so bad that the Democrats <laughs> they, they, they're going down even if they cheat, they're still going to lose in 2024, that's how bad it's gotten it sound this.
3: like the New England Patriots <laughs> come on man I didn't cheat. It was just, uh, the footballs, uh, became, uh, deflated. That's, uh, uh, okay, Tommy. Whatever you say, Tommy, why don't you, uh, retire again? Uh, sorry. Sorry. I don't know. Is this mic on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been under a lot of pressure. That's, I'm going to take that, uh, statement that Lauren Bobert used and whatever the part where she's under a lot of pressure. So anytime that somebody doesn't like uh, something I say on on the air. I'll just say, well, I've been under a lot of pressure. But I, as I mentioned earlier, we're all under a lot of pressure. I mean, come on, man, that's that's no excuse. Right,
15: and I won't defend her, Bob. But what she meant by that is she's going through a divorce. We're not all going through divorces,
3: but many people are, and many people who go through divorces or other. Times of of personal crisis don't behave like that during the performance of Beetlejuice.
15: Yeah, well, who knows what was in that vape, then? Who knows, Bob? I don't know.
3: Well, why
15: she was after that?
3: I, you know, and and who am who am I? Who am I to judge? But I mean, you know, all seriousness. Come on, man. I expect better. I expect better.
15: I just I was disappointed when you when you when you changed your mind and you wouldn't read uh, what she actually did because I was chuckling. I read the whole thing out. Well,
3: that, most people already have read the whole thing, so it's sort of pointless. Yeah, I I... Pointless and then I'm thinking, well, what about what about the uh the poor parent driving driving their kids down Vestal Parkway and they have to listen to that on on an otherwise delightful program and then you have to explain to your kids what what that all means i mean who wants to seriously who you know so good good yeah. thi-
15: good, good good thinking bob you know and in today's day and age some y- y- you'd be surprised that the kids would be explaining it to the parents oh
3: i know that's that's the <laughs> irony um you know, i know you know but <laughs> yeah, we try and by the way by the way i'm not seriously even even with what i've said about lauren bobert I am not unsympathetic to what she's going through. I mean I feel badly for her and I'm not condemning her. I, I think I think where she said in her statement I simply fell short of my values. I agree with that. And she said, Well, mm-hmm. none of my actions or words as a private citizen that night were intended to be malicious malicious or meant to cause harm. The reality is they did, and I regret that. So I commend her for putting out a statement. I feel badly that she is going through a difficult period and, and I trust, and this is, this is my belief. This is my belief. I believe Lauren Bobert will learn from this experience and become a better person.
15: Well, it could happen, Bob, but I wouldn't count on it because she doesn't seem like the type.
3: <laughs> I believe. If you don't support her, (laughs) I will. And if Lauren Boebert wants to come to the studio here this afternoon and discuss it in person, I can't stop her. Thank you for your call. It's 1143 at WNBF. Again, she said in her statement there's no perfect blueprint for going through what she's going through. as she said the past few months has made for a challenging personal time for her and for her family. I've tried to handle it with strength and grace as best I can, but I fell short of my values. That's unacceptable, and I'm sorry. And I think that's all she needs to say. I don't think she needs to say anything more about this. I hope. I hope for her sake and also for the sake of her family and friends and constituents, all the people of Colorado, I hope that this makes her a better person. I hope it makes her stronger, and I hope she gets through these challenges okay. I'm not minimizing what she must be going through, as well as everybody in her family and her husband. Now, What about him? Because that wasn't her husband. At the Beetlejuice performance. That much we know. We know who she was with. And what about that guy, too? Not just her husband, but that guy. They're scrutinizing that guy. What did he do? He was probably just trying to help her. And then this happens. And now he is unwittingly thrust into the public spotlight. 11:44. I'm Bob Joseph, a friend of all, all people, wanting the best for everyone on WNBF.
2: News Radio 1290
3: WNBF. WNBF Live 11:46 with Bob Joseph.
16: Hot town summer in the city. Back of my neck getting dirt and gritty seem to be a shadow in the city. All around,
3: people happy. Summertime, and the living is easy. Eric and Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. I wanted to
16: tell you a couple weeks ago when you were talking about something that was uh, bothering me. I sent you a picture a little while ago. So hopefully you got it. Um, I went to the main Endwell Middle School um, on, I believe it was September 6th, to pick up my son's Chromebook and... Uh, walk the halls, and check out his classrooms and stuff. And, um, I said to one teacher, I go out, oh, it's awful hot in here. When they wait till the first day of school to turn the air on says, we don't have air conditioning. And then as I went through this school, it was ninety some degrees that day, by the way. And I think that day you said something on the air about, you saw all the schools in Broom County had air conditioning. And, um, uh, that's one reason why I wanted to call, um, I sent you a picture so listeners know of. It's a picture of the school with box fans in the windows, which were purchased by the individual teachers themselves. So as I went through the school, I saw uh, box fans or portable fans on the teacher's desk and stuff. So um, I was just wondering uh, what you thought about that.
3: I think it's shameful. I, I see the picture. You, you took a picture of the Main Unwell Middle School, and you're right. There are box fans. First, it's shameful that they need them. And second, it's shameful if the teachers had to actually use their own money to buy the fans to try to uh, keep conditions uh, semi-bearable in their classroom.
16: Well, she told me, the one teacher, no name needed, um, told me that it might be in the 2025 budget, but they're not sure yet.
3: All right. Well, thanks for the information. By the way, when no. I, I think when I referenced earlier this month when it was so hot that, uh, um, uh, maybe I said I thought all schools in Broome County were air conditioned, air conditioned, I think I should have said it would be nice because I, I certainly am aware that there are some, I couldn't name names, but I, I definitely know that, uh, air conditioning is definitely not not in every school. So thank you for the uh, yeah. the, the well, uh, photographic evidence there.
16: You got um, Jason Van Fossey calls show like once a month. Maybe you could throw that in. Now.
3: Yeah, the next time I'm speaking with him, I'll ask to see what the status is because, you know, that's that's a pretty it's an important thing, not just for uh, in September when it's warm when classes start, but also when things start to get warm in, in May and June. So thank you.
16: Okay, thanks for having me.
3: at WNBF, Jesse and Owego, you're on the air.
17: Bob, it sounds like you've had quite the interesting weekend, and you're on a roll this morning. I can't believe it. it
3: was fantastic. First, the Apple Fest in Endicott, and then several hours at Blues on the Bridge. What a wonderful weekend.
17: So why did you end up playing that techno music first thing?
3: Due to operational requirements.
17: Oh 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 that's right. Yeah yeah, the R I A A, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that must
3: have been that. Yeah. Ah, because I've been a, because I'm under a lot of pressure. Oh come on. You love pressure.
17: <laughs> that's the story of your life, Bob. Big guns, Bob. You know what? That name doesn't come without earning it.
3: Hey. We we love we love doing what we do. I, as I no. said, I, I would have it no other way.
17: <laughs> well, it's been a great day. It's been a very crazy, manic Monday morning, and uh, I, I can't say I've asked for a better day. So that's why I love bigginson now. That's All how right. we chime in.
3: We're off to a great start. Hope you enjoy your uh, afternoon. Be careful out there.
17: Oh, don't forget, say drink responsibly because you didn't say that on Friday, so...
3: And So you drank irresponsibly. Okay, I'll try to remember to to always say at least once a day, drink responsibly.
17: Always doing the
3: best that I can do. Thank you. Yes, WNBF listeners, please do everything responsibly. Thank you. This has been a public service message of WNBF and WNBF.com. Magic Kingdom. Oh, I can't say that because we're not actually at the Magic Kingdom. But we are at WNBF, and I'm Bob Joseph, 92.1 FM, 1290.0 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Uh, point. What is the point? And of course, available on the free WNBF app. Oh, air quality index. Everybody talks about the air, but nobody does anything about it. So let's talk about the air. Air quality today, simply delightful. Breathe deep. Mm. The AQI air quality index right now is a pleasant 31. It's a little bit higher than it was on Friday. I think Friday we were down to 26-ish. 31, and it should get up to about 50 this afternoon. Still on the cusp. Still good, but on the cusp of not being so good. But anyway, for now, for now it's not bad. So what do you want? What do you want? How much did you pay for the air quality index anyway? Now the forecast from the National weather service and looks like things are improving for the next few days after after a wet sunday partly sunny today a chance of showers and thunderstorms high 78 mostly cloudy tonight with a chance of showers and thunderstorms low 54 tomorrow we'll start off with cloudy skies and then gradually become sunny should be quite nice Almost autumnal, I 68. It's sunny Wednesday with a high of 72. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 64 at News Radio, WNBF, and WNBF.com for news that you may not find elsewhere. In fact, I think there will be a couple of stories that you'll see on WNBF.com. You're not going to see anywhere else. At least we'll have them first. Check out this afternoon. We have a couple of um, intriguing stories. A couple of intriguing stories things that have been going on around here that I think you'll find interesting. I also thought it was interesting about the um, worker who wound up being exposed to uh, a hazardous material, the refrigerant R-22. That's Freon, but it's... um uh, I don't think it's uh, as healthy a version as R134. R22 Freon had some kind of leak over at the Verizon building on um, Henry Street. They had to call up the hazmat team, and uh, they were there, I think, for at least a couple of hours. So, unfortunately, I guess the guy just had to be treated for some eye irritation. They flushed his eyes, and I guess he's okay. So, But... Could ever be too careful. Around R, what is it, R22? Hmm. That's all the time we have for today, folks. See ya. Hi. This is News Radio
0: 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town's